we can help, we can join with, together we can explore the moon and develop the moon. We should go boldly where man has not gone before. Fly by the comets, visit asteroids, visit the moon of Mars. There's a monolith there, a very unusual structure on this little potato-shaped object that, that goes around Mars once in seven hours. When people find out about that, they're going to say, who put that there? Who put that there? Well, uh, the universe put it there. If you choose, God put it there. Is Maybe and that was Buzz Aldrin telling us that a non-human entity put something, a monolith, an alien structure, on the moon of Mars. What does that clip have to do with Prince's speech? Nothing and everything. It is all tied together to make a beautiful mosaic picture that is our reality. Welcome to part six for Realsies, the conclusion, for Realsies, the conclusion of the analysis and interpretation of Prince's Matrix speech. Y'all, uh, thank you so much for listening and sticking around. You are definitely family. I would like to say quickly that if this is your first time tuning in, please go to monoono.com. That's M-O-N-O-O-N-N-O.com. And uh, start at part one of Prince's Matrix speech. It's very, very interesting and a lot of information. And yeah, you bet your ass. Okay, let's jump right in. Okay, let's very quickly just watch the, you know, 15 seconds of Prince's Matrix speech so we can just get in that mood. The six-part episode that you're listening to is based off of this speech. What is Prince saying? One thing I wanted to say is... Um, Don't, don't be fooled by the internet. Uh, it's, it's cool. It's cool to get on the computer, but don't let the computer get on you. It's cool. It's cool to use the computer. Don't let the computer use you. You all saw the Matrix. There's a war going on, the battlefields in the mind, and the prize is the soul. So, let's be careful. Thank you. Okay, let's jump right in. Last episode, very quickly, we ended on the Microsoft commercial that almost broke the conspiracy world on the internet. Even me, knowing all the conspiracies for the elite's master plan for us, people listening, I'm using air quotes because these are just rumors and theories we are discussing. So in the midst of the coronavirus breakdowns, we all went pretty hard on social media due to the isolation, lockdown, right? Stuck at home. Maybe even getting addicted to social media. Uh, I heard that in bars. How was your lockdown? Well, you know, I got on the TikTok or whatever. Memes and internet flooded with TikTok, celebs, social media, Microsoft dropped this new virtual reality thing promoted by a celebrity, Marina Abramovic, my favorite artist, right? I'm not talking bad about Marina, y'all. And I don't care if Satan conspiracies or whatever. I don't give a shit. If somebody's a Satanist, I don't care. If somebody's a Christian, I don't care. I just want to have a nice life. And if you know me, you know that. 
So judging people for their religion or judging people for whatever the fuck they do, this ain't the place, y'all. Okay, this ain't the place. I'm just saying that she got harassed so hardcore, she has to have security outside of her house, and she's horrified. She gets harassed, and um, yeah, because of the conspiracies surrounding her. So hopefully you saw last part episode where I went on and on and on and on about my love for Marina Abramovic. I know that I would never talk bad about her or anything like that. So in the midst of the lockdowns, Marina Abramovic, performance artist, tied in with a lot of conspiracy theories, unites with Bill Gates, Microsoft founder, who is tied in just as many conspiracy theories as her, definitely. <laughs> they join together and then make this commercial about virtual reality and transhumanism, which is the melding of computers and humans in order to control and essentially take away humanity, our humanity, as countless films say, including The Matrix. So when these two got together, especially in the midst of the lockdown, the internet blew up and everybody goes, this is it. This is what people have been talking about since the 80s. But in the 80s, it was so unbelievable. Like, oh, yeah, we're going to meld with computers. Oh, yeah. You know, people are watching like The Price is Right and smoking cools. You know what I mean? Like nobody fucking gave a shit about anything. And none, nothing like this even seemed possible. So conspiracy theorists and countless films have been saying since the 80s that the elite, right, the ones in power. Who's that? I don't know. That the elite, the ones in power, the ones setting and controlling our reality, their ultimate goal is to meld with computers so that they can live forever and have fun and like do their thing. But to us, like the normal, like plain people that are just here to serve them, we might end up on Mars, with, like our heads in a jar, hooked up to Instagram or something. Living in a computer generated reality, very much like we saw in the Black Mirror episode, 15 million merits. Um, definitely. I would say um, Black Mirror has a lot of predictive programming in it, which we'll talk about in a second. Setting ideas for future realities. And you're like, oh, well, that's the guy from 15 Million Merits had that. It's like, yeah, do you really want it or do you just want it because they have it? Influencers, right? Celebrities. You know, it starts at the cell phone, then it goes to the Apple Watch, then it goes to the Neuralink, then we're at the 15 Million Merits. And then all of a sudden, there's no one. Trying to take our humanity, our sex, our human-to-human -human contact, all to move our consciousness onto a computer. I know people who live on Instagram and TikTok. Uh, those places are already their reality. And if they could just stay there and not have to like worry about other stuff, they would be absolutely happy. They wouldn't even want human interaction because it's uncomfortable and people don't want to feel comfortable and they don't want to grow and they don't want to expand and they just want to be on the internet and watch TV or something. I don't know. But that's where we're going. That's where we're fucking going. I see it every day. Every day. You know what I do whenever I spend time with someone? You know the first thing I do? I turn my phone off or I turn my ringer off and I put my phone away. Even if I'm with my mom. I want whoever I'm with to feel like they're the only person in the world. And also me putting my phone away. Not only is it like respect to them and making them like doing something really cool. Like that's cool. If somebody turned their ringer off when they were around, all right, I'm gonna put my phone away and we're together. Oh my God. It's like the most honorable thing you can do. So uh, whenever I have people over or I go to dinner with my mom, make it a point. I turn off the ringer and I put my phone away. 
that's how I win. Do you know what I mean? And that may not be right for you. Maybe, you know, you want to be on the phone and the computer and whatever, because that's how you feel comfortable connecting. And that's cool. And I'm not talking bad about that. I'm just saying that us becoming, becoming Instagram, us becoming TikTok, us becoming, you know, whatever, um, living in five different realities at once, you know, I'll be, I, I can be with dinner with someone and they're talking to five people on their phone, having different conversations. And like, I'm like, what, what's happening? Why would you rather, wh why are you here with me when you would rather be with any other body? You know what I mean? <laughs> any other place. Um, and that's what they want. They, I don't know. Who's they? They just, <laughs> they don't want us to love. They want us to be separate. And that's the bottom line, I feel. So something really revolutionary and powerful you can do is when you spend time with someone, I'm not talking about someone that you want to have sex with or just respect people that you want to have sex with. Like I'm talking about when you go with your parents, like with your friends, turn the ringer off and put the phone away. How respected would that make you feel if someone did that for you? I don't know. No one's ever done it for me. I do it. We'll see. Who's going to turn their phone off when we go out to dinner? I don't know. I've been looking. If your favorite pop star or rapper got Elon Musk's Neuralink, would you? I have exposure to the very, the very most cutting edge um, AI. Um, uh, and I think people should be really concerned about it. Um, I keep so sounding the alarm bell, but you know, until people see like robots going down the street killing people, like, they don't know how to react you know, because it seems so ethereal. Okay, let's move on to the next section and then we're out. Then we're finally done with Prince's Matrix speech. So done. Okay, here are some of the top films on transhumanism, but not all by far. Not all at all. Very quickly, before we go down this list, you regular listeners know what predictive programming is. The predictive programming theory proposes that public media, that's film, TV, magazines, books, right? Everything. Uh, memes. How much psychological influences do memes have on you? Tons. Tons. You don't even know it. So the predictive programming theory proposes that public media are deliberately seeded with subtle clues to future social, political, or technological changes. According to the theory, when the relevant change is later introduced to the world, the public has become used to the idea through exposure and therefore passively accepts it rather than offering resistance or opposition. Predictive programming is therefore thought to be a means of propaganda. Okay, y'all know that word. Maybe y'all don't really know what that means. Propaganda is information, especially of biased or misleading nature, right? It swings to one side. We always see it during political times, right? It's, isn't it so funny that during election time, how all this crazy stuff just happens to happen? Start paying attention to that. So propaganda is information, especially of biased or misleading nature, used to promote or publicize a particular political cause or point of view, right? Picture or headline that makes you feel emotion. You go, oh, no, and you just get all upset. <laughs> and it's just something that is, you know, maybe not even real, and it's just made to piss you off and to control you. Predictive programming is therefore thought to be a means of propaganda 
or mass psychological conditioning that operates on a subliminal or just implied level without actually being direct. Okay, here's an example. Here's two examples. To give an example, the film The Hunger Games, Catching Fire, depicts a totalitarian government ruling over the shattered remnants of the United States. Predictive programming theory would predict that if such a government were to arise, people would be less likely to resist it and more likely to accept it based on their exposure to the film and fiction, right? Influencers are doing it and well, it's in Hollywood and well, it seems like the next indicated step because, you know, I seen it in the Hunger Games. People think that way and it's horrifying. And it scares me so fucking bad that I started a show. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what am I saying? I don't know. The fact that the government is portrayed as a villain to be resisted is said to be irrelevant. So arguments are saying, well, um, the government is considered e evil in that movie. Why would we go along with it? It's like it doesn't matter. The idea is set. The seed is planted. Under predictive programming theory, mere exposure to a concept induces the reluctant acceptance of something without protest to it because we're familiar with it. People we admire and think we're cool, aka actors, musicians, right, whoever, influencers. How does music influence you? What choices do you make because of pop culture and how do those choices affect your life? I don't know. They affect mine every day. No one's more obsessed with Hollywood than me. I mean, I'm sure there are, but I mean, I freaking packed my shit and I wanted to uh, take a peek beyond the veil and I went to LA. I wanted to see what was up. <laughs> and here it all is, I guess. I don't know. One other quick example of predictive programming. Do you believe in the possibility of aliens? Why? Do you ever ask yourself why? You more than likely believe in the possibility of aliens due to predictive programming in movies, books, and the possible UFOs in the background of several classic religious paintings. Look them up. Without Hollywood and pop culture, you wouldn't even consider the idea of aliens. You would be 100% horrified by them rather than 50%. Right? Just throwing that out there, something to think about. Okay. So here we go. Let's just run through a very quick list of movies that supposedly have predictive programming for transhumanism in them. Transhumanism being the melding of humans with computers in order to control us and they can just have the whole world and us ants can like virtually exist and they can have the planet. Okay, Avatar. Avatar introduces compelling ideas about simulated reality to the audience, even if its approach to them is rather juvenile, but it's a kid's movie, and sometimes it's easier to swallow things that are playful and innocent. You know, here comes the plane. Yeah, okay. Moving on, Gattaca from 1997, good film, starring Ethan Hawke and Uma Thurman. They met on the set of Gattaca, and they got married, and they had two kids, and they divorced in 2003. Too bad, so sad. Gattaca deals with the impacts of transhumanistic tra technologies on our society and culture in a mostly believable and accessible way. And because it raised important issues, perhaps for the first time for a lot of viewers, it seems worthy of making the list. 
Terminator, James Cameron. For many people, this was the first time they'd been asked to think about the challenge of cyborgs becoming stronger and smarter than humans and actually raging war against them. The Matrix, of course, what Prince warned us about. We feel that we know what The Matrix is about now, right? This. Vanilla Sky. Mm, such, I, you know, it's so cool. I had seen Vanilla Sky a hundred times. It's probably my second, first, I don't know, favorite movie. And I had never like made the transhumanistic connection, even though the whole thing is about transhumanism. And the last time I saw it, it blew my mind because I made the connection that from the very first second of Vanilla Sky, it's about transhumanism, the melding of computers and human bodies. He wakes up to an alarm clock, an electronic alarm clock with a human voice. Wake up, wake up, whatever, right? So that's human voice inside an alarm clock. Then he gets up and then he pats his TV. Tom Cruise, right? So he's showing love to electronics. Then he walks right into the bathroom, looks in the mirror and pulls out a gray hair, gives himself a look like, uh-uh, you're not gonna age, right? Because transhumanist agenda is about not aging. So in just so if you view Vanilla Sky as a transhumanistic art piece, oh man, you fucking get it. Okay, Lucy starring Scarlett Johansson, right? Look for her in Ghost in a Shell. That movie also is very much about transhumanism. If you are a household name, you are owned by someone. There's a lot of different someones out there. Who? I don't know. But Scarlett is definitely on board, as we can see. Okay, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Also, it's an essential film for those who are interested in the question of neuroethics. Neuroethics. We may not be far away from having technologies that can enable the precise manipulation of memories and by extension of personality. What a treat when a wonderfully entertaining movie can also engage the viewer in a challenging exploration of transhumanistic ethics. So we are not far away from manipulating our memories. As seen in the film, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Wouldn't you love to take away that heartbreak? Would you if you could? Transcendence with Johnny Depp follows a group of scientists who race to finish an artificial intelligence project while being targeted by a radical anti-technology organization. That organization is probably a religious group. Anything, here, here's how, I mean, I can't speak like for Christians, I'm not a Christian and I don't know, but here's how it's been explained to me um, by this hardcore Christian guy. He told me that anything that isn't of the Bible is satanic. <laughs> like, even if it's not of like Satanism, which is a religion that people practice, and it doesn't fucking matter because who cares? Leave them alone. Mind your own damn business. So basically, the mark of the beast and the devil and Satan and all the shit, that's what people refer to anything that is not of the Bible a lot of Christian people. And again, I'm not speaking for Christian, I'm just, I'm not speaking for all Christian people because I'm not Christian and I don't know. I'm just saying that like, you know, the movie Contact with Jodie Foster, you know, it's always these religious organizations in the films and that represents, you know, Marka and the Bible and, you know, anything that is not of the Bible is Satan and evil. And so that's why, 
these people and a lot of these things get demonized. Okay, her with Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson. Oh my God, she must be on the transhumanistic roster. Her, uh, yeah, I started watching it. It was so boring. I had to turn that shit off. And we already know what it's about. Uh, he became lovers, right, with a machine. Would you? You might. Theodore, a lonely writer. Oh, God. Where is this thing? I, I need this thing. Theodore, a lonely writer, purchases a newly developed operating system to meet the user's every need. To Theodore's surprise, a romantic relationship's developed between him and his operating system. Boom, there it is, y'all. Well, Joaquin Phoenix did it and Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, I could do that. And then boom, your humanity is gone. And you are alone. And you're virtually working at Starbucks for eternity. Metropolis. This is the grandfather of all science fiction movies. Mini pop stars. Rihanna, Lady Gaga, um, Beyonce. If you ever see them in a silver outfit, that's them giving homage to Metropolis. And uh, it's the homage to Metropolis, which is about transhumanism, which is pop culture, pop stars, influence on society, predictive programming. You know what I mean? It's just like all boom. Okay, the final best film about transhumanism, boom. 2001 A Space Odyssey. You knew we would end up here, didn't you? Where else but with a movie that not only is central to the concerns of transhumanists, but also is among the top 10 or 20 movies ever made of any kind. No film has ever depicted the troubled relationship between AI and human masters as much as 2001 A Space Odyssey. All I gotta say is like the 30 seconds before the intermission is horrifying. 2001 is also about alien manipulation on human DNA, helping us to kickstart our humanness, right? From ape to man because of alien intervention. Then, how we screw it all up with AI. With all this talk of technology, theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking, whom I'm sure you know, uh, warned this week that technology could end up ending humanity at some point. Do you share that apocalyptic view of technology? Well, I think it's something that it's not going to happen overnight. Uh, I do think we have to worry about it. I don't think it's inherent that as we create uh, superintelligence that it will necessarily always uh, have the same goals in mind that we do. You know, humans don't always have the same goal as other humans. So who gets control of the technology? How is it uh, built in? I don't think there's a need to panic, but I think the dialogue along those levels, the, the people who say, that's, let's not worry at all, I, I don't agree with that. Police and security guards in Belgium were caught flat-footed today by a cowardly sneak attack on one of the world's wealthiest men. The target was Microsoft Chairman Bill Gates arriving for a meeting with community leaders. Watch what happens when a team of hitmen meet him first with a pie in the face. Gates was momentarily and understandably shaken, but he was not injured. The hit squad piled on with two more pies before one of them was wrestled to the ground and arrested the others for at least the moment and got away. 
Gates went inside, wiped his face clean, and made no comment. He then went ahead with his scheduled meeting. No word on the motive for this attack. Okay, let's wrap it up. Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I had no idea this was going to a six-part episode, and I don't know what my next episode is going to be. Um, okay, one last video. Many people believe that Prince was actually murdered. He was actually a pretty big conspiracy theorist and spoke out pretty openly about things. And I had no idea because I never looked into Prince's death. I just, you know, like everyone else, oh, you know, famous person, OD on drugs. You know, but you never think. Here's a couple of videos, though, that made me go, hmm, here's the deal. I started out this Matrix thing having no opinion on Prince's death. Now maybe I have an opinion on it. Okay, the first quick video that we're going to watch is record producer and music manager L.A. Reed. Okay, this guy was Justin Bieber's manager when Justin was a little kid. Many people believe that L.A. Reed is represented in Justin Bieber's Yummy video, where Justin might or might not have communicated that he was sexually abused while growing up in the industry. Okay. The one thing that, you know, kind of spooked me about it all what? was um, he has a song called uh, Let's Go Crazy. Crazy. Yeah. 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 And it says, don't let the elevator bring us down. Uh, one time when I was with him privately, he yeah. said, you know what the elevator is, right? No. I said, no, what's the elevator? He said, well, the elevator is the devil, right? Oh. It scared me. You know, I don't like to talk like that. But he said that. And so for me, it was like really haunting when I read that he was found in an elevator. E.T. confirmed the iconic artist was found dead in an elevator on Thursday. L.A. Reid says he believed Prince to have been in good health. Unfortunately, there are certain stars who won't do what we want. What's their problem? <laughs> They're still alive. And then we thought, who's good at killing celebrities? Me! That's right! Homer, would you be willing to acquire some more, um, uh, accounts for us? Last thing I have to say about the conspiracy theories that people have been saying since the 80s is the ultimate beauty of it is that we'll walk right into it willingly. What does that mean to you? Best place to start is start viewing film, even cartoons and metaphors and allegories. Remember, with every TikTok video you watch, serotonin gets released, therefore you get high. Being on TikTok is exactly like being on a morphine drip. Take that shit off your phone. Put your phone down. Next time you hang out with someone, do something revolutionary and turn your ringer off and put your phone in your purse or in your pocket or leave it in your car. Can you imagine how revolutionary that would be to leave your phone in the car if you had dinner or drinks with someone? That's a move, y'all. I do it all the time. People probably, they probably don't even notice either. Just, but you'll never catch me on my phone when I'm hanging out with someone. Because it's my protest. Do something revolutionary. Connect with someone. Okay, let's wrap it up. Also for the AI thing, please watch our episode number 112, Black Mirror Rewind. Metalhead and Artificial Intelligence. Horrifying episode about AI. It's a must-see. Go to monoono.com, M-O-N-O-O-N-N-O.com now to watch that. Also, you can join fan club at monoono.com. Who knows what's going to happen this fall? We could have 
you know, stream karaoke. We could stream band practices. We have no idea what's going to happen, but you don't want to get left behind. So join fan club now. All right, that's it. Thanks so much again for watching this six-part episode. Uh, you are family. Glad you're enjoying the show. And see you soon. Something like 1984 could actually happen. This is the direction the world is going in at the present time. In our world, there will be no emotions except fear, rage, triumph and self-abasement. The sex instinct will be eradicated. We shall abolish the orgasm. There will be no loyalty except loyalty to the party. But always there will be the intoxication of power. Always, at every moment, there will be the thrill of victory, the sensation of trampling on an enemy who is helpless. If you want a picture of the future, imagine a boot stamping on a human face forever. The moral to be drawn from this dangerous nightmare situation is a simple one. Don't let it happen.